I hope that it's one of your favorites. Here he is singing Blues in the Night. Ladies and gentlemen, Joe Stafford. Joe Stafford. And he does, and it's caught! Touchdown! Chris Matthews! How crazy! With the first pick in the 2009 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Joe Stafford, quarterback, Georgia. Welcome back to Stafford and Matthews episode, whatever the fuck it is. It's our mock draft special. It's our final mock draft of the year, or my, my final mock draft of the year. As always, Joe Stafford with you, Chris Matthews, former Seahawk and Raven, and intern Kev, who is functioning as Roger Goodell tonight. Can I get a boo button? Uh, but anyway, if you guys haven't seen our backgrounds, we look fire as fuck right now. We get the pick is in the background. We're looking fire. We're looking good to go. It's an exciting week for everybody. I love draft the week. Ever since I was a kid, that was like one of the most important dates of the year for me. Outside, you know, holidays and stuff, because it's one of my favorite times of the year. I mean, teams can really change the face of their franchise with just a single selection in, in this draft. And so it's always exciting for, for teams to kind of just get in the war room and just make that all-important selection and, and change the, the trajectory of their franchise for the better or for the worse. And it happens every single year. So it's always a really exciting thing for me to happen. Uh, before the show starts, I want to give one special, special shout out and a morbid one as well. Um, we had a great loss in the uh, community this week. Uh, I don't know if you guys know about this. I know Chris and Kev know about this. We talked about it a while uh, before, but a very important basketball player from the Boston area. I actually grew up in Dorchester, went to school at St. Anne's, um, lived in Deposit and everything. And um, it was a really tough loss for us. And I just want to make sure that I give a special shout out um, to, to the person that actually you know, lost their life, Terrence Clark. Um, you know, a prominent basketball player out of the area, uh, lost his life in a car accident um, just a few days ago. Uh, it was one of the bright spots uh, in a really, um, you know, hopeful community. And he was a great leader in the community, was a great leader for, for younger players to follow and, and just a great man to follow as well. He was, he was an all-around great kid, a great leader. Um, and, and so seeing him, uh, you know, seeing him go out this way at such a young age was really, really depressing and really horrible to uh, – to, you know, to talk about, it's hard for me to talk about this sometimes too. I uh, went to University of Kentucky and was preparing for the NBA draft. Like he, he, he really had a shot to the league and, and to make an impact and everything. And to see him lose his life this way at such an early age was really devastating for not only me, uh, but for the entire Boston area community. So my thoughts and prayers are with him and his family uh, at this very, very hard time right now. But um, yeah, it's, 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 a it's a tough loss. It's a really tough loss. And uh, I hope his family finds peace in knowing that he's in a better place now. Um, so yeah, so that's tough. Oh, all right. Right with you on that one, man. This is a tough loss, and um, being that he was a, a guy that came from University of Kentucky, I can feel for that as well. Um, didn't know much about him until uh, you know everything started pouring out towards the end. But you know, he seemed like he was a great guy uh, who was promised, you know, who had a promising career. And you know, it's sad to see things like this happen. But you know, on a lighter note. Let's just make sure we keep the family in their prayer, you know, in our prayers, and uh, let's keep on moving in 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 solidarity. Most definitely, well said, Chris. 
Um, okay, so back to actual fun stuff. The NFL draft is this Thursday to Sunday uh, or Saturday, one of the most exciting events of the NFL calendar year. First round comes up on Thursday at 8 o'clock. Second and third rounds happen on Friday from, I believe, 4 to like 11, something like that. And then the 4 to 7 rounds are Saturday from, I think, noon to whenever it finishes. That's the, 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 the brutal four-round uh, period in that span. Um, but, yeah, we're going to cover the first round only. That's how the mock draft works kind of for the past – uh, I think three months of my first mock draft launched and I want to say January, maybe February. And then my second one came out just a while ago. And then my final third mock draft is coming out right now. We available on ride the wave media and Stafford and Matthew's social media pages um, in the coming days this is recording on Tuesday right now. We'll have this to you on Wednesday or at the latest Thursday morning. And that graphic will be displayed for you guys on Thursday before the draft begins. And this draft is a lot of injury ground for a number of reasons. Obviously, the first two picks are kind of locked up. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, and the injury really starts at number three. At San Francisco, the 49ers have been smokescreen after smokescreen, just tossing it out there and, and kind of just giving everyone the impression they have no idea what the fuck they're doing or are the evil masterminds trying to bait people into trading up or just to confuse the entire draft order at the top. Who knows? John Lynch is a mastermind when it comes to this stuff. Um, but three is really where the draft starts, and, and we're going to get into that as soon as humanly possible. And obviously, Chris's favorite team is going to have some, uh, some impact on, on the show as well. So interesting uh, dynamic to start there. Uh, Kev will be doing the honors of Roger Dell, like I mentioned. But Kev, I want some higher energy from you this time. Last time we recorded, you were kind of monotone. You weren't really giving me the Goodell vibe. I might boo you if you don't do a good job this time. So <laughs> I'm just saying you might have to step it up a little bit. That's all I'm trying to say. Not a very high energy guy, but I'll try. <laughs> We should get some caffeine before the show next time, then. All right. Without further ado, Stafford and Matthews mock draft 3.0, the final mock draft of the year. Kev, take it away. All right. Let me do the inaugural. That's about right. All right. The first pick is in. With the first pick in the 2021 Stafford's mock draft. The Jacksonville Jaguars select Trevor Lawrence, quarterback Clemson. Can we just say I love the music? We have the little audio effects and everything. It's sounding great. Obviously, when it comes on, like the actual to the producing part of the show, uh, our guys Brandon Watabi works hard on that stuff as well. And obviously, it might not sound great on it, but it's really funny for us anyway. So I love the low budget aspect of it. I think it's hilarious. All right. First picks in Trevor Lawrence. Shocker. This has been the mocked first overall pick for the last two years. Trevor Lawrence has been the number one prospect of the last decade. Since Andrew Luck really come, came out, he's been the highest graded guy since that era of football. So obviously he's going to be number one overall pick. For a while, we thought it was going to be the Jets coming in. Then they somehow found a way to win a football game. And by doing that, really lost their place uh, at the top of the draft. The Jacksonville Jaguars, now captained by Urban Meyer, scored their franchise quarterback. Not an understatement, not a theory, not a conjecture. This is a franchise quarterback. Trevor Lawrence is the real deal. Athletic, tall, great arm, great accuracy, great mobility, and great presence in the pocket. He's a home run hit for any team to select, even the Jets. But the Jaguars get lucky number one and take him and steal him away from the rest of the league. And he will be an elite quarterback for the next 12 to 15 years, in my opinion. And with Jacksonville adding a great number of weapons in free agency, headlined by Marvin Jones Jr. And already bringing in guys like DJ Chark, uh, Keelan Cole, James Robinson last year. This team's looking pretty good and pretty decent uh, outlook on his rookie year. I really do believe the Jaguars can actually win some football games. And it's really rare for a team drafting this high to actually have a close to winning season. 
But I would not be shocked if Jacksonville actually kind of kicks the tires a little bit and makes a run uh, towards a playoff berth. Yeah, no, absolutely. I can agree with you on that. Everything that you said is pretty spot on. Um, my only thing is, is, you know, this guy is going to be elite. Yes. And where, uh, where you say 10 to 12, 12 to 15 years, I believe they could be even be longer. We're just going to go. I, I'm honestly, I'm just pitching it all off of uh, Tom Brady. However long he plays, that's how long everybody else is going to play. He's leading the way. He's leading the way for quarterbacks, and every and, and as rightfully show, everybody should follow suit and uh, make make those strides to being an elite quarterback. Which is what Trevor Lawrence is probably uh, thinking that he's going to be in this league, which he's going to have a great chance. Overall, I think the Jaguars is going to do is going to do actually pretty well this year, uh, outside of you know a couple minor you know minor laps from, you know, respectable teams that they're going to have to see throughout this year. Most definitely. And we should talk about one thing before we move on to the whole Trevor Lawrence isn't like football thing has been really funny to listen to on talk radio and everything. But let me be clear. I think he likes football perfectly fine. I know he doesn't have the chip on the shoulder like Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers or some of these great quarterbacks we've seen. And I'm sure it's a very new perspective for some of these older coaches, especially a guy like a Bill Belichick who would look at it. Um, but I think it's just the new era of player we're seeing where they're not drawn to the game as much. They're just doing it uh, as a means to not only feed their families, but they like playing the sport as well. I just want to be clear here that I do think Lawrence likes the game of football. I think he may even love the game of football. And I do not think it's going to be a deterrer um, in his career because of his non-ship on the shoulder mentality. I don't think it's, I think it's a non-start. It's a non-issue uh, for me at the very least. So I think he'll be just fine, uh, you know, approaching things the ways he approaches things because he's always been like this and he's always been the number one guy from high school to college and out to the pros. So guys, hit the Aaron Rodgers button, the relax button, the R-E-L-A-X button. He'll be just fine. Right. Commissioner, next pick. With the second pick in the 2021 Stafford Mock Draft, the New York Jets select Zach Wilson, BYU. Now, quarterback for the Jets, shocker. Uh, after shipping off Sam Darnold to the Carolina Panthers, the New York Jets score their quote-unquote franchise quarterback. You really can't make any promises when it comes to the New York Jets. Uh, but with Adam Gase gone now, I really do believe there's a solid, solid chance Um you know, that um, what uh, Zach Wilson actually becomes a, a, a viable NFL starting quarterback. Uh, Robert Sala comes in from the Niners with a defense first mentality. So I'm sure that will be the priority as it really should be. The Jets defense didn't look great last year, but neither did the offense. So I think Green and Wilson, along with another offensive prospect in the later rounds here, or maybe even later in the first round, they have two first round picks. Uh, I won't reveal anything just about that yet, but I think adding Wilson to this mix is a definite. I think he's a good prospect. I'm concerned about the coast of Carolina loss. I think everyone is considering they're not really a high quality school, but I'm, I think every quarterback and every player in general is allowed one bad loss during their college career and during their, you know, their prime college career playing. Um, so I wouldn't look at it too much. I think Wilson's a solid prospect, great athleticism, great presence in the pocket as well. Similar to, to Lawrence, uh, a little bit shorter. I'm kind of have some concerns about injury and durability, when it comes to his full NFL career, but I do think he's a solid prospect as they come. And I do believe even with the Jets, he'll have some moderate to, to, to severe success. So Zach Wilson, the Jets, that's what I'm going with. That's what almost every analyst is going with number two uh, since Justin Fields took his draft day uh, draft board tumble, but Wilson to pick it too. Chris, what do you think? Uh, no, I agree with you right there. Uh, I, I think that, uh, Soli is going to bring a great dynamic to the team. Uh, put some put some real geniuses around Zach. 
to help him flourish. Uh, you know, I can only give him nothing but respect because he comes from greatness, 49ers. Uh, <laughs> but overall, I think they'll have a solid day. Like you said, trying to pick up some, uh, trying to pick up a receiver in a late round. I mean, a late first round will probably be a more ideal thing for them uh, if they don't go for a lineman right off the back, which they're, you know, they're not. So I think finding somebody that he can uh, he can compete with and and and, and throw the ball to uh, will make a lot of sense. And then try to pick up you know a lineman or two in later rounds uh, just to shore up that offensive line for sure. I think scoring Corey Davis is going to be huge in, in Wilson's early development as well. Kind of a safety blanket, a binky, if you will, uh, and really established possession receiver goes a long way in, in developing these rookie quarterbacks. We thought it would be AJ Green for Joe Burrow last year. Didn't work out, but hopefully we see this, that effect with Zach Wilson uh, with the New York Jets. Commissioner. That's why I, why I think he, he, oh. <laughs> everything uh, all around greatness. I know I'm probably jumping the gun, but just all around greatness, uh, uh, packed into one player, number one wide receiver for sure. Like, oh, or maybe through a trade for Julio Jones. Or how about bring Odell back to New York? Yeah. I'm just saying it's on the table. Everything's on the table. New York loved Odell. Mm-hmm. They loved him. So I, I wouldn't, I, I, that wouldn't even be a bad option. All right. Now, Commissioner, take it away. All right. With the third pick in the 2021 Stafford mock draft, the San Francisco 49ers select Trey Lance, North Dakota State quarterback. Now, Chris, considering you have a 49ers beanie on right now, would you cheer or would you boo if you were out of the draft for this selection? I wouldn't boo it. I wouldn't boo it, but I wouldn't be up there uh, clapping my hands as well. I think I think he is a great, uh, great prospect. The prospect that's coming out this year, he was he's rightfully deserves the spot that he's in uh, for the tear that he had the, uh, the year before uh, last, where um, he was just throwing out astronomical numbers and and, and winning that at, uh, at a high rate. Um, he's a great player. I don't take nothing from him, but I just feel like there is one player out there that uh, fits our keys just a little bit, a little bit better for my for my liking. Um, with accuracy and uh, toughness and being able to uh, take a hit um, and staying low. You know, it's a guy like Justin Fields is somebody who I would have went for uh, with my third pick. But uh, nonetheless, this is a great pickup, man. If we t- if we get him, I'm sure that uh, he'll flourish with our team because, you know, we only breed greatness around there. And, um, you know, he'll end up being up there with Joe Montana in there. Wow, that was a pretty glowing glowing uh, endorsement right there. Okay, before you guys shell over me, and you guys have reason to, not even just you, uh, Chris and Kev here, but our audience in general, because I have been banging the table for the 49ers to take Justin Fields. And, I, and to be very clear, I still believe they should take Justin Fields. But as a mock draft connoisseur such as myself, I need to make the appropriate selection and kind of mock out where I think the Niners are going. I wish it was Fields. I don't think it is. The latest reports are saying they're still deciding between Mac Jones and Trey Lance. Before I get into Lance's you know, uh, analysis here, let me say just one more time on record. If you traded multiple first-round picks to trade up and select Mac Jones, I will forever laugh in John Lynch's face because that might be the worst draft day trade I have ever seen. 
you trade multiple firsts in a mid-round selection to take an Alabama quarterback. I can't think of a worse possible scenario. No one's Alabama, A.J. McCarron. That's what I think of when I see when I see Mac Jones. What I see at face value with Mac Jones, if he went to the 49ers, Shannon's already had two of them. He's had two Mac Jones in his career. He's had Kirk Cousins. He had Jimmy Garoppolo. Mac Jones is the third iteration of both of those players. He is nothing special. I don't think he'll ever be anything special. And I am disgusted that he's even in the conversation of being a top five selection. Now to get to the actual, actual pick here, Trey Lance is a project that, that that's why I define him. He is a project player. He is not going to come in day one, like a Wilson or a Lawrence in ball out or even start for your team. He's going to sit, whether or not that's with Jimmy Garoppolo starting, whether it's not with a veteran starting ahead of him, I just do not see Trey Lance being the guy day one because he's too raw. The potential's there. His potential line is a Cam Newton S type player, MVP type player. Him and Cam Newton have the exact same play style. And playing in a pro type offense at North Dakota State, he'll have a much easier time picking up the playbook than I think a lot of people realize, but still. The game speed's going to be too much for him playing at Division Two. He's not going to be ready for, for action for at least a year, in my opinion. But I think it's a solid selection. I think Lance is a lot better than Mac Jones. I think he's a little bit worse than Justin Fields. But as long as you're taking the guy with the upside with the third overall pick, I'm at least satisfied with what the Niners are doing. Uh, can I ask you a question? Shoot. Uh, what school did Tua Tungavailoa go to? Alabama. Okay, so... Uh, are you not giving him a knock? Oh, I'm knocking two on this as well. Oh, okay. Well, I just want to make sure because if because if you wasn't, then that 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 kind of defeats of that kind of defeats of what you're saying. But if you are, then I, I, I we can argue that we can argue that another day. But uh, as long as we're on the same path, I got you. You know, I, I yeah, I want to make sure I'm actually consistent there. I don't think two is all that great either. I, th- I think he showed fl- I showed flashes. I think he has decent potential in the NFL. He was not ready to start when they benched his Patrick when they were five and two. That was not a good uh, you know decision for me at least personally. He has a long way to go to be a capable NFL starter. Made a lot of decision problems. The game might look a little bit too fast for him at the next level. I just don't love Tua right now. I don't. And so I want to make sure I'm consistent with that. The last great Alabama quarterback in my eyes was Ken Stabler. That's a long, long time ago. So the track record isn't there. I know a lot of people are saying you can't judge a player by the school he goes to. And you're right. I just think that Mac Jones is the, is the latest in iteration in a long line of disappointing Alabama quarterbacks. That's my contention. Hmm. That's hard, man. That's, a, that's, that's, put, that's putting a lot on Alabama quarterbacks, but we'll see. We'll see. Commissioner. All right. With the fourth pick in the 2021 Stafford mock draft, the Atlanta Falcons select Kyle Pitts, tight end, Florida. Kyle Pitts is probably the second or third best overall prospect in this draft for me. He's basically receiving a tight end body. I mean, he can line up out wide, line up in the slot, line up, you know, in line with the lineman. He can line up in the slot in that kind of H-back role. He can line up literally anywhere you want. It's kind of similar. I'm going to get a lot of flack for this. Kind of similar to Aaron Hernandez's type role with the Patriots in his early career. That's how dynamic Pitts can be. And he's even bigger than Hernandez was, even though he went to the same school. Pitts is a unreal, and I would say this, can't miss prospect. I really do believe he has all the intangibles, the smarts, and the physicality to back up all of the hype that's been surrounding him uh, since the college season ended. Uh, j- just, just a remarkable uh, you know, athlete. With great size, great speed. Uh, like I said, intellectuals as well. He's a smart guy. Uh, 
And for the fit-wise, Atlanta just needs weapons to replenish a kind of a, an aging type offense. Matt Ryan's getting up there as well. And so it's Julio, who I, like Chris mentioned earlier, might end up being traded before the draft or during the draft, or maybe just after the draft. And so with Calvin Ridley kind of assuming that receiver one role, you need to give the whoever's behind center next year another option. And Kyle Pitts is a day one start in the NFL. It might be a day one rookie year pro bowler. Um in his first season with the Falcons. So Kyle Pitts, number four to the Falcons. If Trey Lance had been there at four, I wouldn't have been shocked if they wanted to take a swing at him as well. Yes, I know Justin Fields is the board of four, but the way he's been sliding down boards, I just don't see the Falcons taking him at four. If Lance was there at four, I think it might be a, a pull the trigger type situation. But with Fields, the way he's trending right now, I just don't see him being a top five selection, even though I think he's probably deserving of it. That that's my contention right there. Yeah, yeah, I'm 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 going this selection right here. Uh, I don't feel like that this would be uh, the wise thing to do for Atlanta. Uh, like you said, yes, uh, aging offense for sure with uh, Julio Jones, who could be a, who, who could possibly be traded this uh, this year, and uh, Matt Ryan also, who's getting up there in age, but Matt Ryan is still. Um, able to play and he's still able to throw the ball because I, I do believe he he has made uh, a couple great games uh, won a couple great games uh, last year towards the end of the stretch um, that showed that he still has um, a lot to prove with his career but at the same time what was the one thing that put them in the hole at, uh, week in and week out it was their defense so if that's the thing that's really putting you behind the eight ball, wouldn't you think it would be more, it would make more sense for them to pick up a defensive player, uh, let's say a DB or a D lineman, maybe a linebacker, any, any one of those would have been um, a wiser choice. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, I think I can't, I can't knock Kyle Pitts. He isn't a, he is an amazing talent um, an elite talent. I do believe that he is going to be able to be a day one starter uh, as soon as he touches the field um, and they understand, you know, his catch radius and, you know, what he's good at and what he's not good at and then uh, work more um, at his craft. Uh, I do believe that uh, Atlanta is a great team that um, takes their players that they draft and flourish. I mean, and, and puts them in a situation for them to flourish. Uh, I remember when Julio Jones first came out of the league, uh, Atlanta Falcons immediately had Tony Gonzalez out there. Um, Roddy Wright was, uh, was out in the practice field. And this is just them. It was not, it was not team organized. Uh, they may have put a bug in their ear, but it was just them out there going out there day in and day out in that Atlanta heat and working on their craft and came out, Julio Jones came out with a blast. So, um, I think that I think that would be a great thing for him in that situation, but not the not the greatest pick for Atlanta. See, I would tend to agree with you about the defensive part. I think that if there had been an elite talent defensively, like a top five talent, they might have gone that way. But the way this draft's shaking out right now, I don't see a player worthy defensively of taking it four. I don't. I mean, like the, the probably the highest rated defensive player on my board probably Patrick Sertain out of Alabama and he's probably going in the, in the, the bottom half of the top 10. So I just think if Atlanta wanted to do that, they'd have to trade out, uh, which might not be a bad idea considering they're sitting at four anyway. Um, but if they don't trade out and they actually make the selection, I just don't see him going defense just because of how the board's shaking out. 
Well, it's it's crazy enough that the first uh, first four picks isn't quarterbacks. Usually, what that's what's been going on the past couple of years. But um, you know, when you get players like this, you have to. I mean, honestly, these are once in a lifetime players. Let's just be honest here. Top ten players are once in a lifetime players um, that you would ever get uh, throughout a, you know throughout your time in the in the league. So, and even with that, these top ten players. That's not saying that they're all going to be able to flourish throughout this league. There's going to be a bunch of them that's just going to fall off. Um, injuries, things just happen. Um, you know, that's just, you know, that's the way, you know, it's just look at the draw with the NFL. Uh, and it's really probably going to only be one or two players, honestly, in this top 10. It's probably going to make it the stretch of this uh, uh, of their career. So, um, I feel like Patrick Sertan is that guy. He is one of those guys that can be um, a player that's, that sticks it out. Um, he's tough, you know, he's hard-nosed, he's built for it. You can see him uh, in his workouts. And he's, he, he actually likes getting in the weight room. You know, he's a physical player. And he kind of reminds me, not as fast, but the, the, the moxie of um, safety out of Florida State. What's his name? He went to uh, the Chargers. Throwing jams. Aaron James. He just kind of reminds me of a guy like that. And I, I I like that. I like that out of a defensive player, not just a DB, but just a defensive player. And, you know, he could be, he, he might be the next prime. You never know. No, it's a, it's a fair assessment. And I, I do think that Sertan will have his day to shine, but like I just to reiterate, I think it's probably towards the bottom of the, of the, of the, the top 10 there. So we'll be, we'll, we'll find out soon enough. I mean, his name won't be we waiting that much longer. I mean, that's all I'm trying to do around here. Just give him a little bit more of a bump. No, I got you. I got you. I got you. Commissioner, round up the top five for me. With the fifth pick in the 2021 Stafford mock draft, the Cincinnati Bengals select Jamar Chase, wide receiver, LSU. Joe Burrow gets reunited with the man that helped him make his college football dreams come true. He's the reason he smoked a cigar. He's the reason that he had that iconic moment after the college football championship. And Jamar Chase has been nothing short of dominant his entire collegiate career at LSU. A lot of people have been going back and forth whether or not he's truly the number one receiving option. And I want to put that to rest here. He is absolutely the number one receiver in this class. And the only reason he has been kind of considered maybe not so much is because he sat out the season. That's really the only reason that, that, that this entire situation is happening. Jamar Chase was the very reason Joe Burrow became who he is. And I think reuniting him in Cincinnati is a very smart move, along with a guy like last year's T. Higgins, uh, who really shined during his rookie year, uh, as well as Boyd and, and Joe Mixon as well around that offense. He's going to look really, really nice next year. And I really don't think that Burrow and Chase will have a problem, you know, fixing that chemistry and getting back up to speed because it's, once it's there, it's always there. Especially when you, when you, when you kind of have those fundamental moments in college where you're forming who you are as a player, you're forming your identity. And the fact that that together at the same time is really impactful. And it goes along when it comes to actually stepping up to the next level. So I think Chase is a good pick here. Good pick here. Um, at five, there was only one other option I was really considering. It was Sewell, the tackle out of Oregon. Um, again, I think it would be really, really smart of the Bengals to take an offensive tackle here. They need to protect Joe Burrow. You can't play quarterback on your ass. It's been one of my uh, you know, most outspoken statements there. I think it applies to Cincinnati. Um, they made a couple moves in the offseason, nothing crazy to kind of shore up that O-line. Uh, not, not, not like the Chiefs signing Joe Thuney or trading for Orlando Brown Jr. or anything. But I do think that I think the second round pick that they have should be invested in offensive linemen, either a guard or a tackle. 
Um, but if they do, you know, not go for Chase at the fifth pick, it's going to be Sewell. So mark that down. You can put that in pen. Uh, but yeah, that's Cincinnati's pick through my eyes. Chris, what do you think? Um, I'm 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 gonna go I'm gonna go against this once again. Uh, I don't think this would be a great pick for them, even though this would be a favorable pick uh, for Burroughs, which you know rightfully so. He you know he should go ahead and uh, you know take this opportunity to go ahead and blow the league up with you know with our with probably his best friend that you know he grew up with going to college with, um, and take over the league. Uh, that's not something that you know that's entirely you know that's done you know in the league often. So um, to be able to pair you know best friends up um, who competed at a very high level in in arguably one of the highest divisions uh, uh, in college in the SEC um, would be a no brainer. But you know like like I've been saying and I'm gonna keep on preaching it. Um, if anything is going to go down, it probably should be an offensive lineman off of um, just the sheer fact that your number one draft pick was hurt due to a lackluster offensive line. That's where your prop, your priorities should be. Second round, no. I'm thinking first round, get a, like I said, top 10 is potential Hall of Famer and and breathe this guy to help with your quarterback who is your number one overall pick just this past year so um with that being said i don't i don't i don't believe that jamar uh uh chase is is should should be picked here and i'm also going to, to uh another step here i think Devonte smith is the number one uh receiver that's coming off the board even though even though I like where he is being placed on the draft. I just think that uh, this league is always about uh, what have you done for me lately? And what he's done for them lately is sit down on the bench while Devontae Smith went out and tore up the league. I mean, tore up the whole uh, college scene. So to me, in my eyes, Devontae Smith is the number one, I mean, should be the number one receiver off the board, but I do like where he's going right now. The only argument I have against that is that Kev weighs more than him. Right, right. I get it. It's the intangibles, <laughs> his size, his speed, um, his catch radius. Like, I get that. I, 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 I get that for sure. But this is uh, honestly is lo- looking, looking a lot like um, – a guy that came out my year, his name was uh, Jonathan Baldwin. It was a great guy. Uh, was a uh, was a great wide receiver from Pitt. Everybody was project uh, was pre- uh, predicting that he was going to be the next um, uh, uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Guy was big, strong, fast. Um, he caught everything at Pitt, um, but uh, and he ended up getting drafted by the Kansas City Chiefs. And it, uh, you know the cards fell where they you know where they fell with that. But um, I get it. I, I see it. But to me, Devontae Smith is the number one. Also, if you guys just don't know what Kev looks like, if you've never seen the visual version of this show, uh, Kev is like a string bean of a young man, similar to a Tom Brady type body <laughs> type. Uh, but yeah, Devontae Smith. That. Devontae Smith, I'll tell you, you better take that. Jesus. Uh, no, but like I was trying to say, Devontae Smith weighs 100 pounds soaking wet. He's just about six foot. That's the reason why he's not being propped up as number one receiver here, or even in, in the conversation really for me. And you might really be pissed at me, Chris, because the next pick's not going to make you happy after that whole analysis. Commissioner, take me away. All right. 
With the sixth pick in the 2021 Stafford mock draft, the Miami Dolphins select Jalen Waddle, wide receiver, Alabama. I have Jalen Waddle, who is a teammate of Devontae Smith, going to the Miami Dolphins. And there's a good reason why. Uh, to be quite frank with you, I just don't really know if Smith is pro-ready right now. But I know for a fact that Jalen Waddle is. I know for a fact. A little bit undersized, but speedy wide out. Great looseness, great route running, great hands. I just think the Dolphins need a guy like this. He's somewhere in between Will Fuller and Devontae Parker, which is exactly what they need. And for just to be clear here, he won't get pushed off the line like Devontae Smith will. Yeah, I understand Waddle's still a little bit on the smaller side. He's not as physical as a lot of receivers in this draft class are. But I think he still makes a considerable more uh, amount of not even effort, but progressing in some of these, uh, you know, these defensive backs uh, pushing out the line, kind of trying to chip you off the line than Devontae Smith would. I'm not trying to roast Devontae Smith. I know it might sound like that because I said I insulted his weight and everything, but I'm not trying to insult him. I think he will be a good playmaker in the NFL. I do believe that, you know, in my heart and my mind and everything. But I just think that Waddle is the appropriate pick for the Dolphins right now. Um. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think, I think differently. I think that if anything, um, he would be better with Detroit. I think he would be way better with Detroit because Detroit is a more of a drop back, um, run your routes and get open type of a team, uh, type of an offense, but, um, it matches, it matches with Miami. Cause I, I've brought this up before on the show that, um, I feel like Tua would work well with uh, Alabama receiver that comes in that knows the offense and knows how he plays, how he throws the ball. Jalen Waddle counts. He's an Alabama receiver. I get it. But Jalen Waddle wasn't that guy who was running across the middle of the field for Tua to throw him the ball. It was Devontae Smith. But you're not sold on him. But let's let's talk about let's talk about a potential uh, Hall of Famer. Maybe not a first ballot, but a potential hall uh, to come out of Los Angeles, California. Deshaun Jackson, who was 5'9", 169 pounds in 2008 of his first, I mean, of his draft. And he's arguably one of the best deep field, uh, deep field wide receivers who is setting countless records for multiple teams. Not only was it for the Philadelphia, but it was also for um Tampa for a deep threat for a deep threat as well so this is a guy who he mimics a lot of and actually runs uh the friendlier routes into his uh arsenal so for me I would feel like if anything I would switch those two the, those two picks around and 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 put them in you know different scenarios but why do I feel like I would like him in uh, maybe in Dallas with uh, Judy, I mean, with uh, Judy, uh, Jared Judy. Uh, CD Lamb. Uh, CD Lamb. No, CD Lamb is with Dallas. That's what I'm saying. In Denver. CD Lamb is with Denver? No, no, no. Oh, you had him backwards. Dallas. You got him backwards. Oh, my bad. My bad. My bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. CD Lamb is with Dallas and, Ju- and, uh, and Jared Judy is with um, Denver. Denver. So I could see him. Uh, in both of those, honestly, 
because uh, they both are more more of a drop back and let the receiver get open type of a game. Uh, Waddle is a receiver who relies on his quickness and his jukes to get him open, and those would be some great places for him to learn uh, to learn and flourish. But I mean, nonetheless, it's still it's still Miami. It's still with a quarterback that he knows that uh, he's comfortable with catching the ball with, and. It will work. It, it can work. It can work. They'll find a way if it, if if that goes down. And speaking of Bama, before we move on here, uh, I saw a, a not even a stat, just like a graphic the other day. And it was Alabama's offense from two years ago: Tua Tagovailoa, Jalen Hurts, Mac Jones at quarterback, at running back Najee Harris, Derrick Henry. Or no, th- it was like three years ago. Uh, Najee Harris, Derrick Henry. Um, what's his face? Um, who's the Alabama running back? Damian Harris. Um, and I think that was it for running back. And then a receiver was Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, um, Henry Ruggs. Who was the other guy? Anyway, it was, it was ridiculous. The point was, it was absolutely ridiculous. That was the point I'm trying to make. But uh, anyway, Commissioner, take it away. All right. With the seventh pick in the 2021 Stafford mock draft, the Detroit Lions select Devontae Smith, wide receiver, Alabama. Are you happy now, Chris? Yes. I'm going to say that smile is a yes. Okay. He's happy. I hear the cheers in the background. I like that. All right. Now to compliment the guy, he absolutely dominated the college football landscape for a good month and a half. Dominated. Absolutely (laughs) dominated. Yes. He's skinny. Yes. He's not the biggest guy in the world, but man, can he play football? You talk about athletes who are playing the game of football. This is a football player. When you can escape the measurements and by just playing your own game, that truly marks a competitive, fiery, and successful football player. And I really do believe Devontae Smith is that guy. Jared Goff goes to Detroit, and it's really he's on an island for the first time in his whole career. He doesn't have McVay to back him up. He doesn't really have any really uh, you know, stability in that building. So giving a guy like Smith to him, combined with a guy like TJ Hawkinson, uh, and it's going to be an interesting dynamic and an interesting scenario to see played out. But regardless of how it goes, I do believe Devontae Smith's the pick for Detroit and it will ultimately benefit Jared Goff or whatever quarterback's in their center of the year after this one. Right. I hear you. I'm with that as well. Uh, I'm finally glad that you gave the praise to the number one wide receiver. Um, <laughs> college football right now guy is a monster man and they're gonna they're, they're gonna pick up a great player i don't like the quarterback as much um i think that's gonna be um a learning curve right there not for um uh, not for him in the playbook but uh just understanding how to work with jared Goff and you know how he's able to throw the ball and make things move i mean if it worked if it worked for uh Robert Woods and, and Cooper Cup, then it could work for him too. Um, Cause they were, they were all saying that, that they're all right around the, 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 the same uh, caliber of player. If you, if you understand what I'm saying. So I get it, you know, I get it. It would be a great one. Wouldn't be the great greatest place for him, but I can go with that. I can go with Detroit. Before, even, all right. even though I just want to say, this is still a bit too early to not be picking up offensive linemen right now. Fair enough. Fair enough. Before we get back to football, I didn't want to do one thing I just saw that was on my Instagram, just going through and making sure I didn't miss anything before uh, you know, we went on to the draft and everything. I just got this notification. Logan Paul is fighting Floyd Mayweather at a Hard Rock Stadium in Miami 
on June 6th. What the fuck's happening? Like, what is going on? What is going on? We don't have time to discuss this. We have a whole full show for you guys, but oh my God. Next pick. I'm, I'm, ugh, next pick. Go on. All right. Number eight, we have a trade. The Panthers trade their number eight pick to New England. And with the eighth pick in the 2021 Stafford mock draft, New England selects Justin Fields, quarterback, Ohio State. Can I get an earthquake sound? Like, oh my God, what a crazy development in the top 10 of this mock draft. This is the first time I've mocked a trade out in this year's mock. And there's a reason why. There's been reports flying all over the place about Belichick trying to trade up into the lower half of the top 10 because he wants to target Justin Fields. A couple teams to keep your eye on for this in real life, Detroit, Carolina, maybe even Miami if they're feeling generous, but I doubt Miami because it's interdivision trades and that never happens. But as you're sitting there at seven and eight with Detroit and Carolina, they've been working the phones. New England has been working the phones of both of those teams. And according to a report that was done today on Tuesday, there was groundwork laid for the eighth overall pick to find its way to New England. And with that selection, I have a hard time imagining they would not take Justin Fields quarterback out of Ohio state. The perfect mix of athleticism, IQ and arm talent. He has a presence when he walks into a room. There's a reason why he was rated above Trevor Lawrence in high school. The reason why he beat him in the college football playoff this past year alone, he shows toughness. He shows escapability and the perfect scenario about this is that he doesn't have to start right away. You sign Cam Newton back on a very incentive-based contract. Start Cam for the first five, six, maybe even seven games of the year. Fields comes into the offense, hopefully revamped with another receiver or two. Please, Bill, I'm begging you for this one. But after all the free agency moves we made with Jonu Smith, Hunter Henry, uh, Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, and bringing back guys like Jacoby Meyer and Damian Harris, this team has potential to knock off the Buffalo Bills. I said it. I said it. I said it. I said it. I don't care if you're laughing at me. I don't care if the whole country laughs at me. The New England Patriots, as long as Bill Belichick is on this roster, have a shot to dominate this division as they have for the past 20 years. And Justin Fields might be the next instrument that they use to accomplish that goal. I believe in Justin Fields. I hope he was a top five draft pick. It does not look like he's going to work out that way, but I am so very glad he falls to my hometown Patriots in this iteration of the mock draft. Man, Kev, is it 420 or or do we pass that already? Yeah, I'm not sure about that, but... (laughs) I just want to make sure. That's... Hey. (laughs) I can't even... I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to say. You just... You're going around just... I feel like... Thank you, Chris. You're just taking my picks and you want to put everybody that I'm that I know for a fact will work on our team, and you're just gonna take our picks and take them and put them on your team. You just want the super loaded uh all-star, all-star uh 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 Patriots again, huh? Oh yeah, just just to the record, we're also training for Deshaun Watson with our fourth round pick. If you if you <laughs> that up. we're taking all your prospects. We're taking all of them. Man, you got a yo, you guys got a lot to worry about this year. So um in the draft, if you if you do, if you do, let's just say you guys do get Justin Fields, which I highly doubt that that's gonna happen. Who is he gonna throw the ball to? Janu Smith, Hunter Henry, Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, Jacoby Myers, Damian Harris, James White. 
And then who's <laughs> gonna guard him? Let's hear. Let's 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 see who's gonna block him. Who's the names of the player? The players is gonna block for him. Michael Onwenu. Um, uh, what's his name? David Andrews. Uh, Trent Brown, who they just traded for back to the team. Great, great um, pick. Great pick. Great pickup. Uh, you're missing another guard on the other side, and Isaiah Wynn. Yeah. All right. Well, that tells me a lot right there. Did you need to go? Get- it's not that bad of a group. Like it really isn't. <laughs> It's a lineman. No, you don't have to have all the, you don't, listen, you don't need to be Thanos and have all these key, I mean, have all these stones to win a Super Bowl. We thought that that was the key with with Kansas City. They went out and they went out and they got Sammy Watkins. They got all these great players to go around. Uh, Le'Veon Bell even came. I remember Le'Veon Bell signed, uh, signed with Kansas City. Everybody was saying he got... Uh, 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 Mahomes has the last infinity stone, and then he turns around and what it, they lose to Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl when they had everything in the, when they had well, not everything in their favor, but everything was going in the right direction with, with all their picks. So, I'm not believing that that you need everybody on your team just because the Patriots aren't looking as uh, favorable as they used to look in the past because they were great with Tom Brady, and now it's time for you guys to go and sure up some things, man. Sure up the line, Joe. The O-line's good. David Andrews is a top five center in the NFL. Michael Lewandu was a, should have been a pro bowler last year. He made the all-rookie team. Should have, hey, should have don't work. It don't work here. You see, or you aren't. Kev, you all it comes down Kev, to. Kev, you actually watch Patriots games. You back me up here. The line is good. Yes, we have a good offensive line. Thank you. Okay. So, so I do have to say, I do have to say. So I was, so I was missing. I missed, I missed the sacks that was going on in Seattle. I missed those sacks. What does that have to do with anything? What do you mean? It? You have to protect your quarterback, Joe. We have a good line. Like, what are you talking about? We have a good offensive line. Average at best, Joe. They are not the great line out there. You got, you got, you got a, you got a solid guy, Trent, who's probably gonna make it uh, decent. But other than that, bro, you have to go out and go for somebody else. Stop trying to take all my picks, man. Like leave my picks alone, Joe. Leave I can't my- help you. If you I, I really can't help you if you don't think the line's good. I, I really, I can't help you. I can't help Let's you. Land where he needs to be. <laughs> And let it be, Joe. Like it's okay. You don't have to have everybody. But and then you still and then there's still a possibility that I've heard that there's talks that they're still trying to grab up Garoppolo, which we all know that uh Bill Belichick loves that guy. Like he was so he was so mad and depressed that he even had to let this guy go, but he had to flourish and go somewhere else. And now he can come back and play for you and play for and play for the Patriots and probably flourish because that's more of his fit. I'm sorry. I'm still thinking about Logan Paul right now. I, I'm still thinking about that fight. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like I, I, that's what you're doing right now. And you need We just disagree. Chris, we just disagree. Plain and simple. We disagree. I, I might have to keep this hat on until, until I can hear another pick that makes sense right now. All right. All right. Nice pick. Here we go. All right. <laughs> With the number nine pick in the Stafford mock draft, the Denver Broncos select Panay Sewell, offensive tackle, Oregon. That music is gold. All right, Sewell, <laughs> offensive tackle to Oregon. 
is probably the best draft prospect at Lions since Quentin Nelson before that Joe Thomas. That's how high of regards I recognize this guy with. Just a absolute bulldozer in both the run game and the pass game. It's hard to find prospect better than Sewell. Great posture, great footwork. It, he really is the whole package. And so you're sitting there at number nine at your Denver. The quarterbacks are off the board. The receivers are starting to get off the board. You don't really have a lot of options here. You take the best prospect available, and that is Sewell. Sewell's a top five talent in the draft overall. So getting him at nine is still a good value and a good bargain. It's just not the position that I think John Elway wants to explore. Um, keep Ryan Denver and maybe trade up or try to trade up if a quarterback starts to slip a little bit um, in the scenario of the Patriots trading up instead. But the Broncos are always working the phones. Elway's a very active GM or a very active uh, you know, leader in the general uh, you know, general manager's office. So keep your eye on that. But if they stay at nine and Sewell's available, you better believe they'll take him. Yeah. I'm now, now, now we're on the same page with something right here because this makes a lot of sense for Denver. Something, something that they need uh, desperately right now. They have a lot of great receivers, um, you know, that, that's, in, that's, uh, that's on the field right now for them. And, and with Drew Locke uh, actually being able to go out there and have another year under his belt uh, of an offseason, of a true pro offseason, I think he's going to end up doing, uh, making a, uh, doing a, a really good job out there and turning a lot of heads for Denver that, that desperately needs a turnaround. And I think that uh, Drew Locke is the guy to do that. So having Penny Sewell out there to run some people over because I counted out ever since we started talking about this draft and I keep on looking at uh, Sewell's highlight tape. I went through every college game that he's went through. I mean, that he's played every game. He's had at least two pancakes, at least two pancakes. That is a sign of a dominant player right there. Like, you know how hard that is to get some of these 200, 250, 280, 90, 300 pound guys down to the ground and they're coming at you off the off of off of the snap of the ball. That's hard to do. And he did it every game. Literally, if you go back and you watch this guy's games, he's every game he's in the play. He's in had two pancakes every game. This is I believe it. I believe it. I really do believe it. All right. Anyway, next pick. We 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 asked for a half hour and pick ten. So we we got we gotta pick the face up a little bit. All right, pick ten. Here we go. With the tenth pick in the 2021 Stafford mock draft, the Dallas Cowboys select Patrick Sertain, the second cornerback, Alabama. There's been a lot of talk recently about J.C. Horn overtaking both Caleb Farley and Patrick Sertain for the number one corner spot, and I think that's a load of malarkey. Patrick Sertain is by and large the best cornerback prospect in this draft class. A few reasons why versatility is the one that comes to my mind, both a zone and cover corner has a great IQ and a great feel for the ball. Play recognitions on par with some of the greats we've seen in the past, like his dad was a great player for the Miami Dolphins as well. So Sertain comes into Dallas who desperately need talent here at the defensive back position. They have nobody, nobody, nobody. Dallas is horrific in terms of the back end of their defense. So taking Sertain here is the first step in a long process of rebuilding that secondary. So Sertain goes to Dallas, very happy with this selection. And Jerry Jones addresses a need for the first time in his entire life. That's awesome. That's good. That's good to see. So Chris, what do you think? Uh, I believe you. I, I believe this is be a great pickup as well. Um, honestly, is this something 
uh, logical that that should happen. Yes, but knowing Jerry Jones, he's never been logical with any of his picks. Um, if he likes, if he likes to, if he likes you, and he <laughs> and and you fit in with his uh, in his market, he's going to pick you up. He doesn't care what the price is, what position, what what uh, uh, draft spot you're in, or any of that. Um, so I can see um, a couple. Uh, a couple other players and not just Patrick Sertan that's going to hop in to that draft. I think you're hundred percent right on that as well. 11th pick. Here we go. Out of the top. With the 11th pick in the 2021 Stafford mock draft, the New York Giants select Micah Parsons linebacker, Penn state. The pick stays the same as it was the last time we had a mock draft. And there's a reason why Micah Parsons is by and large, the best linebacking prospect in this draft class. I don't think there's any question about that uh, for me or for most analysts out there as well. The Giants made a lot of great moves, primarily headlined by signing Kenny Galladay away from Detroit and bringing him in for Daniel Jones to play with a little bit here. Now it's time to address the defense. Micah Parsons can play outside, middle, can rush the passer and drop back in coverage. He is an all-around linebacker, and I would love to see what Joe Judge, former Patriots assistant coach, can do with a versatile guy like the Parsons where he can play him anywhere on the front seven. So definitely love Parsons here at the Giants at 11. Right. Hey, hold on, pause there. Oh, Joe, for 15, is it Carolina or still New England? It's Carolina. Okay. Do you timestamp this too? Just to make sure we know when to cut it up. Uh, yeah, I'll do that. It's 52 minutes. I'll write it down. Jeez, 52 minutes? Yep. <laughs> oh, man. My damn light fell down. <laughs> My doggone headlights. I'm just trying to like uh, jam it on there and make it stick a little. All right, we good? We good. Where are we at? Cap, take, just restart the whole thing, the whole pick. Okay. Uh, the, the Giants. No, no, not the Giants. The next one. Oh, the next one. Okay. With the 12th pick in the 2021 Stafford mock draft, the Philadelphia Eagles select. Caleb Farley, cornerback, Virginia Tech. See, a lot of people had a lot of flack with this my last time I protected him to the Eagles here. And there's a reason why he's, he's available here. He has surgery a while back, kind of tipped his draft stock a little bit downward on the downward spiral there. But Philadelphia traded out of the sixth pick to the 12th pick. There's a reason why that happened. They want more draft capital. And if they're in this situation, they don't love anyone sitting at 12. They're taking the best prospect available. And in my mind, that has to be Caleb Farley. They like Jalen Hurts. Not enough for my liking, but they like him enough to not take Mac Jones at 12, in my opinion, because he's still there in this version. But Caleb Farley, great cover corner. I think he has the ability to affect the, the defense at an unbelievable level. Uh, is a playmaking machine, a lot of turnovers at, at Virginia Tech. I think he's a good fit for, for this Philadelphia Eagles defense, as well as how they just lost Jalen Mills, um, you know, the Green Goblin, to the Patriots. So I think adding another corner, you know, just peace in general, will go miles in terms of not only depth, but starting cap, uh, capable ability. So I think Farley's the pick here at 12. Chris, what do you think? Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I feel like that's the main thing that they were worried about uh, more than anything was Jalen Mills and Goblin, like you said, <clears throat> who is uh, their lockdown corner. Uh, now, bringing, uh, bringing, uh, bringing him in, 
will definitely fill up that void and uh, help sure up that defense a little bit more. Uh, I think it's a great pick for uh, Philly. Commissioner, take it away. All right. With the 13th pick in the 2021 Stafford mock draft, the Los Angeles Chargers select Rashawn Slater, offensive tackle, Northwestern. Slater is the number two tackle for me in this draft class. It's hard not to see why. Slater is a – how do I describe this? A house of a human being. That's how I would describe it. He is a massive individual with unbelievable movement off the edge of this defense. He can be blindside or can be right tackle, depending on who you have uh, under center here. We all know Justin Herbert's a quarterback of the future for the Los Angeles Chargers, and I think Slater will be his uh, body, personal bodyguard for the next 10 to 12 years as well. Has a lot of longevity in his future. I think he protects himself well. Not a ton of injury history for him that's actually concerning for me. I think he's going to be around for a very, very long time, and hopefully he is for the sake of the Chargers taking him at 13th overall. But I think it's a slam dunk pick here. You need to protect your quarterback. Herbert throws 35 touchdowns under really duress last year. His offensive line didn't look phenomenal either. So picking Slater there to solidify that line and hopefully makes him get some playmakers in the second and third rounds will really run that offense out uh, to where it's really looking like one of the best in the AFC. So Slater's to pick at 13. Yeah, I think this is a great pickup for uh, the Chargers. <clears throat> and I've said this before on this on this show. Um, I'm a huge Slater fan. Um, as much as I am for Sewell, I'm really that for Slater. So I think this is where um, this is this is a good pickup for for the Chargers. But like you like like I've said before, this league has been riddled with injuries, and a lot has been. Uh, going on with the quarterback situation with players um, getting hurt and uh, taking more sacks than usual. So I'm just looking here on the draft. You got Philly. I mean, you got, you got uh, Atlanta at four Bengals at five uh, Miami at six Detroit at seven, eight is Carolina. All five of those, all five of those teams need an offensive lineman. Like, the biggest one is the, uh, the Bengals, who needs an offensive line badly. Who needs a better offensive line badly? So the fact that we have all these receivers and, and all these receivers going out before any of these offensive linemen is crazy to me. So I think that this is a great this is a great pickup for the Chargers uh, to pair with a young a young quarterback who is projected to be a star in this league and take his team to the promised land honestly because i believe in justin herbert because if you haven't if you don't you need to go back and watch this film again of his rookie year and how he tore up a lot of these defenses who are uh top 10 defenses in the nfl year in and year out so if this is a great pickup for the Chargers, and i'm going i'm going all the way with it this is a good one Take it All away, right. Kev. With the 14th pick in the 2021 Stafford mock draft, the Minnesota Vikings select Mac Jones, quarterback, Alabama. In the final domino of the quarterback top four falls, or top five, whatever the hell it is, Mac Jones goes to Minnesota. And it's funny that I actually mentioned this because earlier we were talking in the 49ers selection at number three, I compared Mac Jones to Kirk Cousins. And who is he going to succeed? None other than Kirk Cousins. Mike Zimmer, God bless his soul, I think is sick and tired of being mediocre and losing all these close games, going seven and nine, going eight and eight, barely either missing or making the playoffs and then losing in bad fashion if they do make the playoffs in the first round. 
The Vikings are not a good football team when Kirk Cousins is under center. Reason why, he's not clutch. The one thing I will give Mac Jones, so far in his entire career, he's proven to be at least clutch. That's the one thing I will give him credit for. I don't love the guy. I don't, I don't think he's an athlete. I don't think he's an – I just don't like him in general as a prospect. But I think he has a better future than Kirk Cousins does. I think he's, a, he's, I think he's $30 million cheaper than Kirk Cousins. I think it makes a lot more sense for them to move on from Kirk now with Mac Jones being available at 14. So that's my rationale behind the Vikings taking, taking Mac Jones there. Chris, what do you think? Uh. I mean, it's fine. I, I mean, I don't really care about the uh, about the Vikings because this wasn't a valuable pick, to be honest with you. Um, I think this is just a plug and move type of a play. But uh, let me let, let me ask you this: Are you saying are you saying that um, are you agreeing with my analogy? Are you saying that Mac Jones is literally just a guy who they want to pick uh, to to pick up and plug in to leave some cap space from from Cousins? Yeah, I'm with that. Okay. Yeah. Well, then, I am. I'm. I'm good with it. <laughs> this is a good pickup for them. Uh, I think this is this is gonna uh, this is gonna work out well in their favor if they're trying to f- save some money. Now, winning some ball games, that's a different story. Um, you didn't pick anybody who could change the game for you. Um, and we all have seen we all have seen Mac Jones uh, throw the ball extremely well this uh, 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 this past year. Um, he's done extremely well. He's just not upper echelons uh, uh in the upper echelon of quarterbacks coming out of this draft this year so you're getting a mediocre quarterback uh some would say uh, let me correct myself some would say that he is the mediocre quarterback um just to replace another mediocre quarterback so it sounds like you're still going to you're still going to be in the same uh predicament that you were uh in the previous years of depending on your defense to make the plays and come out like uh, like your Seattle with the Legion of Boom back in the day. Fair enough. I think that's, I think that's a fair estimate. All right, 15, All right. here we go. The 15th pick traded from New England. Carolina selects Christian Derisaw. Offensive tackle. Uh, where's he from? Virginia Tech. Let me preface this. and I, would, I cannot wait to see your face, Chris. <laughs> Let me preface this. I'm not sold that if the Patriots move up, they'll give up 15. I'm not sold on that. I think there is a not strong possibility, but a slight probability that New England keeps 15 and acquires number eight. How does one do that? The trading of Stephon Gilmore combined with multiple first or second round draft picks. That's what I think they might be up to. I love how Chris just sitting back on the couch now, just thinking about it, like questioning, like what is love or whatever. But I understand it sounds crazy. I do. The last time New England had two first round picks, what happened? They drafted Chandler Jones and Dante Hightower, who led them to a second dynasty. The latter being more important. Jones? Huh? Didn't they give up Chandler Jones? Yes, but he won in 2014 with them. He won in 2014 with them. You keep them up. Well, no, that's a whole different question. I, I mean, I, that's a whole <laughs> different question we don't have time for. But I'm with you. That's a great question that has still not been answered. You got Jonathan Cooper and Jordan Richards. Yeah. That's the trade you made. So just don't start with me. But anyway, back to the actual selection here. 
if Carolina ends up getting 15th from New England in this trade, Christian Darrisaw is a phenomenal option at offensive tackle here. You just acquired Sam Donald. You need to give him some protection. You have some playmakers in Robbie Anderson. Um, and I do believe the rest of that offense will come together as soon as humanly possible with Christian McCaffrey coming back from a pretty bad injury, hopefully being healthy starting the beginning of the year with some training camp will help as well, but it always helps improve the offensive line, especially when you have a new quarterback in your system. So Darius has my pick at 15. If Carolina keeps the pick. All right. With the 16th pick in the 2021 Stafford mock draft, the Arizona Cardinals select JC Horn cornerback, South Carolina. Now, the first time we did one of these mock drafts, I told you Pat Pete was done in Arizona. And what happened? He went to Minnesota. So I want a little credit for that. I want a little bit of credit for that. But anyway, this is, this is one of my favorite matches in the draft, meaning that I think he'll flourish in this system specifically. The Cardinals just moved on from their defensive leader from the past decade. Patrick Peterson lived and breathed and was Cardinals football, at least defensively. That's who he was. And so now after going off of that 10-year span, you need a leader in the secondary. And who's that going to be outside Buda Baker? It's going to be J.C. Horn. This guy walks the walk and talks the talk. Just like his dad, Joe, in New Orleans, he'll be on that cell phone every Sunday roasting his receivers up. Horn is a phenomenal athlete. Athleticism is off the charts. Vertical charts. Jesus Christ. Vertical. Speed. Side on the sideline, great hit movement, great turning ability. He is the all-in-one package at corner. J.C. Horn, I think, accelerates more, not even accelerates, uh, succeeds more in man coverage as opposed to zone. Might have to have a, a questionable conversation about that when it comes to actually scheming it out in his first year. But after his first year, I'm sure he'll adapt to NFL life uh, in no time. But I think it's a great fit. I think Horn is a much-needed commodity in Arizona, and I think it will be a phenomenal pairing for the two uh, for, the, for the next decade. Uh, I think this is a good. Uh, this is a good pickup. This is a good another another fill and play. Uh, I mean, fill and plug uh, type of a player uh, for this team. Like you said, losing Pat P uh, was a big was a big loss for them on that side because he held it down for so long. Um, I think that he's going to be able to come in there and, uh, like you said, you said dominate, right? <laughs> I don't believe that happening. Not 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 in. Not in the division that he's in. Uh, first off, I'm just thinking of one person in mind who's probably going to uh, demolish him is DK Metcalf. Now, you're going to have to go against a guy like that. Your first year in the league, it's probably not going to go well for you. Uh, throughout time, he might be a solid player. Um, I know he's been competing with uh, with uh, Sertan, uh, who's going to be the number one uh, the number one uh, DB to come off the field. I mean, to come off the board. I personally believe that Sertan is the one. And then it's probably a couple spaces between him and JC Horn of level of play for me. But I still think that this will be a good plug and play. I mean, a plug, uh, plug and play type of a player that they pick up this year. Um, this is going to be hard. It's a lot of, it's a lot of receivers. There's a lot of receivers in this division that, um, be ready to give up for him who wants to try to play man-to-man at every snap that was kind of disrespectful chris that was kind of disrespectful i've always i didn't preface this but i've always said that i'm never a big fan of different of dbs so if it sounds a little bit harsh i'm sorry i don't have nothing against any dbs 
I actually like a lot of DBs, but you're never gonna you're never gonna get all the way great, and then uh, you're never gonna get all the way great and then mediocre in the middle. It's either great or not for me. Fair enough. I I, I get it, but I, uh, the way you were talking a little bit, I was like, wow, I've never really heard Chris disrespect a player before. He's always like all love with everybody. I was like, damn, like you got a problem with JC. I'm just saying. I'm just saying it's 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 a hard division. That's all I'm saying. It's a hard division with receivers. Fair enough. No, I think I think it's at least a fair point. Commissioner. All right. With the 17th pick in the 2021 Stafford mock draft, the Las Vegas Raiders select Jalen Phillips, Edge, Miami. Now, this is a guy who is a transfer originally at UCLA, now comes in uh, to Miami and really lights up the up the board there. I had his uh, former teammate, Gregory Rousseau, rated above him for most draft process, and now Rousseau is falling for reasons I really can't explain. Um, but regardless of the reasons, I still have to make this mock draft as, as realistic as possible. So I think that Phillips takes this slot away from his former teammate, Rousseau, at 17 with the Raiders. Raiders made a lot of interesting, intriguing moves in the offseason, but one area I, I did not believe they uh, invested in enough was the edge of this defense. I think Phillips is probably the best combination of pass rusher and run defender, um, you know, maybe even in the entire class. So I think Phillips is a good selection here. I think he fits John Gruden's mindset of a tough, motivated guy, and I think he'll, he'll do very well in, in, in the desert. Yeah, no, I'm, agree. I'm I'm with you right there. He reminds me a lot of um, uh, 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 I can't. I can't remember the guy's name. He he used to play for. He used to play up in uh, 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 the Bills. Play with the Bills back in just a couple years ago. I remember fifty five. I I forget his Gary name. Hughes. His name. Boom. There you go. That's who he reminds me of. A guy, like a big guy who knows how to use his body very well. He can bend around the corner. He's one of those type of edge rushers that um, is going to be able to get to that quarterback. I can see it now. Um, Elvis Doomerville, a guy like that, um, where he they, they just know how to work their bodies real well. And, you know, of course, um, going down to the Von Miller camps, uh, once he gets in the league and he's established, will probably be a no brainer for him. And he's in there going to exceed really well out there. Only uh, if he takes if he takes the training serious, what is that, Philly? All right, Commissioner right. 18, we're rolling now. With the 18th pick in the 2021 Stafford mock draft, the Miami Dolphins select Quiddy Pie, Edge, Michigan. Really, really funny name. Good player. <laughs> not trying to like make it like a funny, but like just a funny name. All right, Quiddy Pie, Edge, Michigan. As solid as they come, I don't love the potential slash ceiling for the guy. I think he's a solid NFL starter at his best and a serviceable starter at his worst. So it's a very, very narrow space between his ceiling and his floor, which I guess towards the end of the first round, this might be a good thing, especially for a Brian Flores defense who wants stability more than anything, can rush the passer very effectively. I'm not stolen his uh, you know, run defense. I'm not sure he can hold the edge as well as people are saying he can. Uh, but regardless, solid pick for Miami here. He will be at least a serviceable starter uh, for you for the next eight years or so. So I think it's a good pick here. He might surprise us all and be a superstar. You never know. It's hard to kind of judge these mid-round, first-round guys. So, pie to Miami, good fit, not sold in the ceiling, but still a, a pretty decent selection at 18. I think this is the guy that, is, that has the chip on his shoulder. I personally believe from the highlights that I've seen that this guy can't hold the edge. This guy can go for the uh, – can make the, uh, the, the, the tackles and, and, and get those sacks. This is another guy who I feel like who's going to flourish very well 
um, especially in Miami, because Miami's defensive line is always known for pinning their ears back and going after the quarterbacks. So um, this would be a great place for him, land for him to grow and to learn. Um, you have countless greats that have come through the uh, the, the, the Miami tree, uh, that came through the Miami tree as edge rushers. Um and, and 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 have done really well with themselves. So uh, he could just be another addition to that and uh, be a great player for a long time. I just feel like the guys are like in later rounds, like around this time, are the guys that's going to have an edge. I mean, it's going to have a chip on his shoulder. These next couple, these next couple names is going to go off the list. I actually really enjoyed watching these guys' uh, film and um, seeing you know seeing how they're playing. I mean, seeing their game play and. You know, kind of, you know, to me, it's kind of a disrespect of where they're landing at right now, but it's all understandable with the grand scheme of things for football, for the NFL. All right. With the 19th pick in the 2021 Stafford mock draft, the Washington football team selects Elijah Vera Tucker, also it's a lineman, UC, USC. Regardless of what the plans are for Washington, whether or not they want to roll with Taylor Hanicki uh, or Heineke, whatever the hell you say his name, or Fitzpatrick, you need to ensure the offensive line. That was a problem against Tampa in the playoffs. The reason why they lost the game, in fact, they actually made it a very competitive game. And if not for Shaq Barrett and company, they might have actually pulled it off. Um, so I think investing in the line is a very important thing for this team right now. They're a growing team. They made a surprise playoff berth last season. They looked to capitalize on that and chase down second year. The key to this, like I just said, secure the offensive line, secure quarterback, whoever ends up being the starter. I think Barry Tucker is a very intriguing option in the interior line department, so I think he's the pick here at 18 or 19. Well, I'm 100% with you out there. Somebody, somebody needs to be out there to uh, to, to, to uh, chase down out there on the, in, on the practice field. So whoever's slowing him down is probably going to be a great player in the NFL once the game is actually going. So I think this is going to be a great pickup for them. Uh, you know, like I said, again, time and time again, office line, off. Offensive line, offensive line, offensive line, offensive line should need to be going down the list right now. All right. With the 20th pick in the 2021 Stafford mock draft, the Chicago Bears select Alex Leatherwood, offensive tackle, Alabama. The Bears need help everywhere. Can we just be clear about that? They need help everywhere. They do. It's not a joke. They need help everywhere. They're not a good football team. They haven't been in a very long time. And so the step, like I, and Chris just said it 15 times, secure the offensive line. Andy Dalton is somehow viewed as their franchise quarterback right now. So you make the most of that, and you protect the red rifle. And by doing that, you select Alex Leatherwood, the offensive tackle. Now, he's not limited to that spot. I think he can play almost every position on the line, including center. So I think he has the ability to do a lot of different things uh, on the offensive line and be versatile for this team. And God knows they need talent all over the place. So Leatherwood's a good start in the rebuild for the Bears. Um, that's my pick at 20. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm all the way right there with you. They need something. They need anything. This is one of them. All right. With the 21st pick in the Stafford Mock draft, the Indianapolis Colts select Trayvon Merrick, safety, TCU. And before I do this, can either of you name the starting uh, safeties for the Indianapolis Colts? Malik Hooker? Yes, Malik Hooker is one. Uh, guy named Quincy? 
I'm not sure. You want to know why? Because he's not good at football. Malik Cooker, Malik Cooker is actually a decent name. I loved him coming out of, uh, I don't forget where he went to college, but I, I remember scouting him very closely. He was a very good prospect. I think he projected well in the NFL. He, I think he had six picks his rookie year as a free safety before getting uh, you know, gunned down by an injury early in the year. But the problem with Hooker is just that his ability to stay on the field has been in question over the past few years. He's an injury prone, uh, in, Jesus, injury prone player. English is hard today, guys. Anyway, uh, Morig is a phenomenal prospect. Is a Jamal Adams type breed can play in all three levels of the defense. So I think it's a phenomenal investment for the Colts to make. Hooker, I love you, buddy, but you can't stay healthy. This guy comes in and becomes an instant starter in your team, no matter where you're putting him on the field. Reminds me kind of a Patrick Chung with more athleticism. So I think that should speak to the versatility that he brings to this Colts defense. So that's my pick for the Colts at 21. Yeah, offensive line, offensive line, offensive line. That's all I got for the for the Colts. I can't even name you uh, a, a solid five players on your team that um, I, I actually like. So You are like um, Quentin Nelson? Yeah. Huh? You don't like Quentin Nelson? No, I do. I mean, like I said, it's not it's not a solid five, it's not a solid five names that I can name, though. All right. All right. With the 22nd pick in the 2021 Stafford Mock Draft, the Tennessee Titans select Tevin Jenkins, offensive tackle, Oklahoma State. And I'll just get I was gonna go to the bathroom real quick. <laughs> okay. All right. Anyway, Tennessee Titans had a 2,000 yard rusher for the first time ever. Actually, not, Jesus Christ, someone's not Chris Johnson. How did I forget that? TJ2K, whatever. Anyway, Tennessee Titans, Derrick Henry is a phenomenal football player. We all know this is a bulldozer uh, coming down that the midway part of the field there. But offensive line, yes, was solid last year. There's a reason why Henry was able to run for 2,000 yards. You can't do that by yourself. However, I think it's not a bad option to make sure you shore up that line to make sure that Henry continues to have the type of success that he did last season, as well as the fact you paid Ryan Tannehill a shitload of money. You need to make sure he doesn't get hurt uh, as well. So I think Henry and Tannehill need some additional assurance, and I think Jenkins is probably the best tackle at this spot to do so. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that one. I feel like this is a great pickup. I feel like this is the one team uh, – Amongst the list of name, I mean, uh, amongst the list of teams that we've already announced is make is making smart decisions with their with their picks, uh, and their first pick is going to an offensive lineman, which is something that they uh, feel like they need to sure up uh, on a back end for them. Uh, and and with that, that sounds like to me that they're investing in Derrick Henry. They're all in with Derrick Henry. So being able to do that, dude. You know what? Y'all should start trading to, to y'all need to start trading y'all receivers. The Patriots need to start trading their receivers to uh to Tennessee. Let them come over here so they can uh so they can block. Because that's what they're <laughs> that's what they're good at. And I don't understand why you was in one of the quarterback. You're a fool, bro. Jesus. I'm just saying, man. Hey, this is a great pickup for Tennessee, man. I'm with it. Chris, right. could, Chris, could you make this roster? Absolutely. You think you could? Absolutely. Huh? <laughs> I need to do With- a lot. I could do that. Fair enough. <laughs> Jinda, what's his name? What's his name? Who who are you beefing with on social media? He says it all the time you, that you that you bulldoze them. The corner. Oh, his web. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so funny. I used to make him look bad out there. <laughs> 
<laughs> he would just be flying around. You'll see that you'll click on the film and then you'll see him just flying out of the out of the pack. He was no slouch either, but it, like give him some credit. You're six five, like two thirty. That's not easy to get around. Like to, to be fair. Right. No, he's he was he's a great player for sure. Great player for sure. All right. With the 23rd pick in the 2021 Stafford mock draft, the New York Jets select Travis Etienne, running back, Clemson. Okay, Etienne is more dynamic than Najee Harris. And a lot of people are like, oh, Harris is better. You might be right. Harris is probably better. But the reason why he's going before Harris in this draft is because the Jets value sustainability one into versatility. Their starting running back last year was Frank Gore. Frank Gore, who's older than my father. Not actually, but that, it just shows how old this dude. He is a dinosaur. Much respect to the OG. We love Frank Gore. He's a Hall of Famer for sure. Maybe the first ballot Hall of Famer. Top five rushing guards all time. Dude's a legend. But legend from the U. I know. But legends eventually get past their prime. And we all know Frank Gore is not in his prime anymore. You need to give Zach Wilson a solid run game to have his development be not impacted his rookie year. ETN is the perfect mix of a pass catcher and really just rock touter. This dude knows how to run the football, elusive, energetic, and jittery. Are the, the, the words I would describe him as as a football player. ETN is a solid option at 23, playmaker, 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 and he needs to be paired with Zach Wilson in New York. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say offensive line, offensive line, offensive line. Again, <laughs> that is something they should be worried about the most in this draft right now. But if you wasn't going to do that, I would say a receiver. You need somebody else out there that's going to help you, um, that's going to help out Zach Wilson uh, 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 go out there and, and perform to his highest ability. Now they have uh, Corey, Corey Davis. Great player. But like I said, you need somebody who's going to be able to go out there day in and day out. Third down, third down hits, he's open no matter what. And I don't think Corey Davis is that type of a player. No, they have that, Chris. Just, they have Braxton Berrios. Uh, pick up a pick up a <laughs> pick up a wide receiver <laughs> and it's going to be open day in and day out on third down. You need an outlet for uh for Zach Wilson. Um you know, especially when times get when when the pressure is on, and you're out there and you're facing, let's say the Patriots, who's notoriously good against uh, first-time quarterbacks, like Joe would say. Um, and being you just said, to, not me. You said that. I didn't say it. You just said it. I'm just going off of what you said. You know, but other than that, I mean, it's not a bad pickup. I get it. I'm I'm more of a I'm more of a Najee Harris guy, but you know. There's nothing wrong with Travis. He's a solid. He's a solid running back. All right. With the 24th pick in the 2021 Stafford mock draft, the Pittsburgh Steelers select Najee Harris, running back, Alabama. Are you happy now? He's clapping. He's happy now. Okay. <laughs> Najee Harris. The Steelers, the reports are they like ETM better than Harris. But I think regardless in the first round, they're going running back. They know Roethlisberger's past his prime. They know they need a solid run game. And they also know that James Conner walked right out the door and signed with Arizona. They have Benny Snell, who's not a bad option, but you need a true number one running back if you want to succeed this year. Harris is just that. 
Anytime you hit this guy, you feel it the next morning. And I guarantee you playing in Pittsburgh in those later months, no one's going to want to touch this guy. And that's what the Steelers embrace, what they love. They're a blue-collar town. They love hard hits. They love tough football players. And Harris fits that mold. When a play, I think this goes a long way, too. When a player fits the city's um, identity, it makes them more successful. It, 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 it's, it's an unexplained phenomenon because it should have no effect on the game itself, but I swear to God it does. Julian Edelman, perfect example. Gritty, hardworking. It looks like he goes to his, it looks like he's ripping cigs at a construction site in downtown Southie, but he's playing football. And that's why he was successful in New England. I, I truly do believe that. hundred, I, I do believe that. And so I think Harris really fits that mold as a Pittsburgh Steeler iron worker, as a guy who goes into work nine to five every day, picks up his pail and shovel, brings his lunch in his little, uh, in his little brown paper bag, and goes to hit people. And I think Harris is the exact guy to bring the Steelers back to, to relevance next year. I'm glad you said that, Joe. Everything that you said, I agree with what you on. Uh, Najee Harris is that is that player who's going to go out there and play and give it 110% day in and day out, much like a guy like in basketball, Russell Westbrook, who's just 100 miles an hour, but he's going to give it, he's going to give it his all. That's how that's how I see Harris. He's a guy that's going to be able to uh, take those hits and also deliver those hits. And like you said, in those cold in those in, the, in those cold games where it's going to start mattering, those wins are going to matter the most around that time. He's going to be able to take on some of those uh, some of those games. I mean, take over some of those games just off of his simple sheer fact of of how physical he is, and he's he's bringing back the the energy of the big uh, of the bus to me that was the first running back uh jerome bettis was the first running back i personally enjoyed watching um growing up at, uh, uh in the nfl he just he was just so massive and I, I didn't want to believe it but every time he got the ball in his hands he was running four or five people over and getting first downs that's what i can see from this guy Najee harris and, and i really i truly believe that this is going to work this would be a great pick if they take him okay all right we agreed holy shit <laughs> with the 25th pick in the 2021 stafford mock draft the Jacksonville Jaguars select Gregory Rousseau, Edge, Miami. Like I said earlier, Phillips, his teammate at Miami, had a solid season, but I really do believe Rousseau might actually been, end up being the better player. And it's, it's kind of bold to maybe say that, but I do believe it in my heart of hearts. Hardworking and motor. I love that combination that he has. The motor this guy has, he never stops until the whistle echoes. And that's what we'd love to see from the edge rusher there. He's a primary pass rusher. Doesn't do well in, in run defense. Doesn't hold the edge as well. But Jacksonville needs another guy to compliment Josh Allen with. I think Rousseau is exactly that guy. Uh, and I think it'll be a great tandem fit down there with, uh, with Josh Allen in Duval. Yeah, I agree with you. I probably would have picked somebody um, with a little bit more stature, um, I would say. Because you lost a guy like Calais Campbell to the Ravens. Well, you basically gave him up. Um, and you need somebody that's just <laughs> they got a little bit more, uh, you know, uh, to him. A little bit more thickness to him. And, and let them stop those runs because um, the best way to beat the best way to beat a team 
is to play into what they're not good at. And if they're not good at stopping the run, who do you think is going to be running down their throat? Everybody. Uh, and, 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 and that's the one thing that we're going to have to, that they're going to, well, not us, that they're going to have to figure out, especially with linebackers that they're going to have to pick up throughout this draft um, to protect that run game. Pass the ball, but what happens when it's cold? You know, like you said about, about, about with uh, Pittsburgh, when you have to go in those cold, in those cold areas, I mean, those cold stadiums, how are you going to stop them? You're going to run the ball. They're not going to be out there throwing the ball a million times. So, um, I think this would be a great pickup uh, for Rasul, uh, for Rasul, uh, and and allow him to flourish with his career. But uh, for the team, I don't believe this is the best pickup. Okay, Kev. I want uh-huh. to talk about three players the rest of the way. You can, you, but make sure you announce the rest of the picks. Like, go through and announce the picks. I want to talk about three players. I want to talk about Rashad Bateman at 29. I want to talk about Zayvon Collins at 30. I want to talk about David Mills at 32. But announce the picks until we get to those players. Okay, so you just go straight through it? Yep. All right. With the 26th pick in the 2021 Stafford Mock Draft, the Cleveland Browns select Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. With the 27th pick in the 2021 Stafford Mock Draft, the Baltimore Ravens select Kadarius Toney, wide receiver. Quick quick note, baller. Like, he's good. Like, yeah. he, he's a solid, yeah. solid player. He's a baller. Florida guy, solid, solid player. Good value at 27. Not sure he's number one receiver, but solid, solid value. Next pick. All right. With the 28th pick in the 2021 Stafford Mock Draft, the New Orleans Saints select Christian Bar- Barmore. Defensive lineman. With the 29th pick in the 2021 Stafford Mock Draft, the Green Bay Packers select Rashad Bateman, wide receiver. Now, this is the Minnesota kid. Bateman is a do-it-all receiver. And I know it might scare some people, but he reminds me a little bit of Cordero Patterson. In that, he can perform every act on the offensive side of the football. He can run. He can line up in the slot outside. He can pass it a little bit even. He can return. He can do everything that, that Cordell Patterson can do. But he can catch like Julian Edelman. That's a phenomenal combination here. He has elite speed. And for God's sakes, Green Bay finally gives Aaron Rodgers another weapon. Finally, you paired Devontae Adams with Rashad Bateman. and hopefully have a dynamic one-two punch you should have had a while ago. Also keep in mind for Green Bay, they are still looking for a receiver talent, even if they do take Bateman at 29. Do not sleep on Julio Jones to the Green Bay Packers. No. no. Next pick. No. All right. With the 30th pick in the 2021 Stafford mock draft, the Buffalo Bills select Zayvon Collins, linebacker Tulsa. Quick note about this guy, Zayvon Collins. Small school linebacker. This is my previous pick for the New England Patriots because, duh, why wouldn't they take a, a little note small school linebacker out of fucking Tulsa? That's the most Bill Belichick thing to do in the NFL draft. Granted, he goes to Buffalo now with 30. Do not be shocked if the Patriots stay at 15 and take Collins at that spot. Just saying. All right. With the 31st pick in the 2021 Stafford mock draft, the Kansas City Chiefs select Jason Owe, Edge, Penn State. And with the 32nd pick in the 2021 Stafford Mock Draft, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers select Davis Mills, quarterback. Now, this might surprise some people. A stand, 
a Stanford quarterback going with the final pick of the NFL draft to the defending Super Bowl champion that currently houses the greatest player of all time in Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. What better way to cap off the perfect offseason than by drafting your potential successor? You brought back your entire starting offense outside of AB, who is probably going to resign with you anyway. Probably went out to training camp, probably wants to skip all the bullshit in the offseason and just sign back then. I have no problem with that. Regardless, you bring back the important pieces. What do you have left to do to address? The future. Tom Brady, as much as it pains me to say, will not last forever. He has a two to three year window where he can even still walk onto the field. You need a solution. You need a problem solver. You have Josh Rose on your practice squad, or you did. And now you need a guy to succeed him. David Mills is a cerebral guy. And the reason that the Buccaneers are drafting him is for that reason. Brady can work with Mills through his entire offense for a year to two years. With that tutelage, Mills has the ability to walk in after Brady retires and keep this team competitive. That should scare the living hell out of every team in the NFC South. Brady as your mentor, while in the past he's been a horrible mentor to guys like Jimmy Garoppolo, Jacoby Brissett, Ryan Now the list goes on and on. Being 43 years old, I think he understands the position he's in. And I think being grateful to the Buccaneers for listening to every plea he's ever made to the team, like getting Antonio Brown, like getting Leonard Fournette, like getting even Giovanni Bernard this offseason, he'll be more receptive to helping them out for their future than he would have been for the Patriots a few years ago. David Mills, as of right now, will be the face of the Buccaneers franchise in three years. I can agree with you on that, man. Uh, I, I honestly don't understand why he's even. I mean, I, I understand. I mean, I get it. He doesn't have a great win record, but <clears throat> this guy is a stud. I, I've been watching. I've been watching him in his in his uh, highlights and and all of his workouts and things like that. The guy can throw the ball. He's very smart. He's intelligent. You can tell. Obviously, just off the school that he's coming from, um, and he's a quarterback. He's he's he leads his team. Um, with amazing vigor, you can see it on the field. You know, like I tell, I tell you this, you know, I tell guys these stories all the time about Joe Flacco and how cool he is and how relaxed he is, and you know, it makes you feel, you know, there. You know, you, you, like like there's nothing going on. This guy, he's a, he's a different guy. He's a little bit more charged up. He 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 understands that. You know, I've watched him uh, scream in somebody's face and then turn around and pat somebody on the back because you know maybe they didn't necessarily do their job the way that they were supposed to do but he knows how to bring them on and i, I i'm i'm 100 with you anybody that comes up after uh behind tom brady um has a great chance of being great uh, to be honest with you i thought about that with ryan mallet uh and, and a couple other guys just came up behind him even with uh garoppolo but um yeah this might be this might be the actual time a quarterback will actually be able to learn behind Tom Brady and then turn around and, and be able to flourish with their own team. Fun fact for our listeners, Ryan Mallett's first touchdown pass at the Baltimore Raven was to who else but Chris Matthews in the back of the end zone with a phenomenal uh, Tony Totap type catch in the back of the end zone. So that's pretty cool too. All right. Anyway, Stafford's mock draft 3.0 wrapped up here. Guys, I'm interested to see your thoughts on it. What did I hit on? What did I miss? What do you think is going to happen on Thursday? 
Uh, I mean, my only thing is a Justin Fields. <laughs> There's a Justin Fields uh, debate right there, and probably a couple linemen uh, that's that's in the late. Oh, you think? Yeah, higher. So you think I'm making you a teacher says offensive line? It's just like ingredient <laughs> all the way down. Lord, Kev, yeah. what do you think of it? Um, I think it was pretty good. I kind of agree with uh, Chris on the 49ers there. I think they should take fields. I mean, I, you think I, they should take fields I, too, I, but, I, I, you know. I yeah. said that. And maybe the Bengals should take Panay Sewell, but other than that, I think it's good. All right, fair enough. All right, we want to hear from you, the fans, as well. Also, a quick announcement, I believe is not set in stone yet, but me and Chris and maybe Kev, maybe a couple of people, I have no idea, will be hopping on Instagram Live to talk the draft on Thursday after every, every couple of picks. Not really sure the format yet. It might be more relaxing. Have a couple of drinks with Stafford and Matthews. It sounds like a pretty good deal to me. Um, so we'll make an announcement on Chris's Instagram page as well as our own. We'll figure that out as the draft approaches. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, make sure to watch the NFL draft on ESPN or NFL Network Thursday night at 8 p.m. Uh, Friday from 4 to whenever it finishes. And then Saturday from noon until it finishes. So exciting time boys in the nfl we'll have a lot to talk about next episode uh who who hit on the draft who missed in the draft what players think are going to succeed in their new locations and everything so keep your eye on the horizon for that stafford and matthew signing off we'll see you guys next time